Hello, welcome to Mark Langley's Horsemanship Podcast, a podcast helping people to understand their horses better, to provide solutions in a calm, connected way. I'm Jenny Barnes. And I'm Mark Langley. Hi, Mark. So we've got some questions this week, which are all about riding. And the first question is from Laurie. She is asking how you can give an equine a job for a sense of purpose, as well as engage them mentally and physically. She has a seven and a half year old mule who has a solid foundation. She rides three to five times a week and mostly focuses on foundation things like seat connection, up and down transitions and turning. But she's feeling like it might be getting a little bit stagnant for him. And she would like to give him a job to engage him mentally and physically besides possibly buying some cows do you have any idea on how to give them a job with a purpose well the first the first thing i'd sort of comes to mind is everything you do um assess everything you're doing already because i see a lot of horses that ride in an arena and they they, they start to um you know just doing a similar thing each day whether it's in or out of arena whatever but um a horse that shuts down, shuts out all those things that starts to just get that learned helplessness or just stop searching. Sometimes it can be, you know, I would call it micromanaging, but um, it's unfair to call everything micromanaging. But um, sometimes when we do too many things trying to educate our horses to be better and softer is we start to take over a little bit and it's very important through the learning process, especially some different breeds, and 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 I'm guessing mules especially can can sort of fit into that sort of stoic category, like a um like some of the halflingers um and you know things like that that can sort of you know they're very resilient you know and they can sort of weather quite a bit of stuff and pressure. So the super like alert horses, like say an Arab, is constantly searching all the time and constantly sort of you know seeing little things and there's always a bit of adrenaline, not adrenaline, but anxiety running through it, um, and 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 that sort of keeps that horse ticking over. Where others can sort of go, yeah, I'm pretty cool with everything. And then the the thing with that, I'm pretty cool with everything scenario is that it makes us start to work for what we're getting, as in we start to put the legs on more, we're starting to sort of control them more from you know. And then all of a sudden we start to override and take over. And then next minute our horse is just going, I'm just moving away from pressure. I'm just moving away from pressure. And they stop moving towards their thoughts. And it's so easy to do. As I say, it's harder with some breeds, easier with others. And, and, I'm, and I'm guessing I've, I've not had a, a huge uh, lot of time with mules, as in, in lots of mules, but I'm starting to sort of deal with them a little bit more now. Uh, and donkeys. But it's... it's, it's um, you know, it's given them a sense of purpose, like you said in the question, you want a sense of purpose. So, but so when you're riding, I want you to sort of maybe let go every now and again and just let 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 your mule, mule get a little lost and, and just, just lost and start to go, well, I wonder what she wants. Um, she hasn't done anything for a little bit. I might wander over there and then start to figure out ways where you can rearrange the furniture. Yeah, that's a figure of speech I use. You know, if you were sort of walking through a household you didn't know and it was kind of dark, you'd just work your way around the furniture and, oh, there's a wall there, there's a door there. Okay, I go through that door and I go through here, but you're constantly thinking your way through that scenario. And that's why, what I like to sort of set up in, in, in when I'm riding is, you know, if the horse finds that straight line that I kind of wanted, well, I'll let it go along there. And if the horse 
uh, in your case, a mule goes off to the right a little. Um, um, I allow it to go right a little and I say, yeah, but that's not available. And I'll put a little fear there and say, go this way. And, and I'll always go back to a scenario where, the, where, 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 where they've got to search their way through a situation. Um, you know, I'll pick up a feel on the rain. And if, if, if I want a soft backup, for instance, I'm walking along, I'll pick up the feel on the rain. I'll pick up the feel and I'll see and I'll only hold a really light feel and I'll wait just a little longer. And I'll see if they engage with that feel and go, yes, I know what you want, I'm ready. And then I'll pick up more of a backup. But I'm not just going to go, I'm going to back up because sometimes you can start to think over time, you start to ride the educated animal, the educated mule, and you start to forget how you educated them, how you got them there. And, and a lot of times, sometimes that is through them searching. And um, so, you, yeah, I guess what I'm saying is instead of picking up and going back up, right, oh, now let's do a transition over here, you pick up and test. And if if you and they go, hang on a minute, you can ask for backup, and you see what they do, and and if they're a bit dull, and you feel that you've got to sort of get in and firm up a little, well, you might firm up a little, but then you loosen up and say, now let's try that transition again, and and test if they're searching into the rain, searching into the left right rain, and they're searching through situations, and so so yeah, so I'm guessing I'm going loosen on the reins and let them drift out a little, don't offer them so much help, and then let them search and see where they want to be and. And then go back in, rearrange the furniture, get them back underneath you again, and then let them out again. And and and, and that's a way to get them thinking a little bit in a sort of more stale, stagnant environment. Um, using your rays, using your reins and your legs in, your, in a way that um, is more like a boundary opposed to constant pressure pushing on the horse, making it go in a certain direction. If you can understand that, then you ride a little more like that with them. The other thing I start to think about is. You know, people use obstacles to, to get a horse um, engaged. So to engage your mule, I'd say, you know, put some things out there, go out like that. I used to love educating horses out and out in the paddock and out through different situations because there's so many things to think about. Now, the things, the, the good thing about things to think about, it brings a little bit of awareness and anxiety up. So um, think of it like this, is if you're just in your comfortable environment okay here's a scenario if you're in a very comfortable environment and you're like oh i didn't get enough sleep last night oh gee i've got to go out in the garden and do a few bit of weed and a bit of mowing i'm so tired i'm just so sleepy oh and you're daydreaming and you're just not really going very you know it's just everything's a bit of a, a chore and you just just feel like you go and have a sleep on a couch or something and then all of a sudden suddenly your whole environment changes around you and you're in you're in some war-torn country i'll guarantee you won't be thinking about the couch you'll be back in like high alert going holy cow crikey i'm awake now and all of a sudden you have bound you'll have so much energy you won't know what to do with it um so what taking a horse out in new environments does is it is it is it wakes it up because it brings back that natural anxiety of awareness and what are those things over there and it gets them searching and then suddenly your tools become a pathway for help and you know then it's going to think forward and what's that over there and and then you slowly use your environment to just gently wake your horse up and uh, or your mule up and search and and do different things like that um you know and as i say if you want to set obstacles up you know so they can think about where their feet are what they're climbing on what they're climbing over um you know open and shut a gate 
put a little purpose to everything that you're doing and that that always really helps but as I say, the most important thing is no matter what you're doing, if you're micromanaging your horse, like I had a horse, like examples of my best things is of a horse and it was a very, fairly well-trained horse that had played polo cross and it had been worked up to work cattle as well. So, you know, you could take a rein and it would spin and it would sort of, but it was, you'd just sit there quietly and it was still anxious. It was bouncing around. But if you loosen the reins on it and just ask it to follow a rein or just walk a straight line, it couldn't do it to save its life. And I tried to show the owner, I said, I can ride it that, that way that had been trained, which I knew, which was, you know, legs, legs and spurs on, rounded up. And I said, look, I can take this horse and ride it around in this circle and make it look like this. But as soon as I loosen up and say, you search, the horse didn't know what to do. And, and, and basically what it always wanted to do was just go back to the gate. It, it never learned to tip its worry out. So micromanaging it, it was super light and obedient to pressure, but light in a, in a fragile way. It was evading pressure, but it would ride between your hands and your legs very obediently, but take any of that boundaries away and it'd just fall apart. But it wasn't, I'm just saying it, it wasn't happy in between my legs and reins and it, and with no guidance, it, it just said I was always destinating. So when you ride in a normal environment without stimulation, you still have to ride in a way that your horse is engaging or your mule's engaging with the things that you're asking it thinking forward, thinking left, thinking right, thinking backwards, all those sort of things. And that's so important if you could really, you know, look at that and address that. Just just quickly, how important is it for a horse to, to have a sense of purpose? Is it okay that they actually just have a really good ride and, you know, have that connection with the rider? Is that is that sufficient? Or do you think they actually do like and need to have a job to do? Well, by the sounds of it, you've, you know, the other thing I, I didn't really address in the question is riding three to five times a week. Maybe sometimes give your horse, uh, your mule, a bit more time off in between. Maybe go four days without a ride and then a bit of a ride and just 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 um, change that up a little bit too. But um, I think a horse, any you know, if you're engaging with them, they have to be sort of soft and engaged with you, and they ha and a sense of purpose for some is better. Uh, some 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 cope really well without as much purpose. They're constantly, as I say, their minds always on the go and they're always thinking. Whereas others, sometimes it's better to give them something to think about a bit more often. So so there's a bit more stimulant in there because they're very um, they're not worried by a lot of stuff going around and the environment doesn't stimulate them a lot. So they need a bit more to sort of keep them thinking and interested. Um, it's just a bit harder. And yeah, some some like there are horses that I have at clinics that have been really dulled. And one horse I remember some years ago at a, uh, in the Kangaroo Valley, um, it was a kind of a trail riding horse, but really heavy, would not go to the legs at all. And, and, and in an arena, I thought, any, I could pull any tool out of my toolbox and I reckon I'm going to have trouble. And I didn't want to go to flogging a horse with a stick to make it go forward. And that's not my, my thing, just to go to bigger pressures until the horse becomes obedient. So I, I said, okay, well, it's fairly green, but I think I trust it. And I wouldn't tell everyone to do this, but I took it way down the paddock so it had a big, long paddock and it was going to go for home. And everybody, don't go and gallop your horses home. This is what you taught us kids, don't run your horses for home. This was a, a decision from me to do this with this horse. And I said, got right down there and I said, go. And I let it, and I got it up to gallop and I let it gallop full tilt as fast as I could get it to go until it got to the top and went, whoa, geez, I've just had the wind put up me there. And then it went, I know what legs mean, that means go. <laughs> 
and 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 that was the only way I could get that horse to get a forward thought off the legs because he'd been wow. so you know just hammered. And after a few times of that, it said, "Oh, I didn't realise legs meant go. I just thought they were kicking me." Yeah. And because it never really got to go, and that was just a sense of legs are a go to, and I had to gallop the horse for home in a way that made it feel like it was really going and get the adrenaline through it and say, "This is really forward, and I'm going forward." Um, to get the life back in it and desire to go forward. And, and that's the thing. Sometimes you've got to set a situation up that they feel like there's something in it for them. And that's the thing is trying to set it up so they're getting something out of it. And, and that right. it makes, but, but mind you, there's, there's no artist that's not a good artist without being creative. So yes, I think a creative horse person is a good horse person. Fascinating. Okay. So sticking with the riding, Hermione's got a question. She's doing transitions with the rain aids. What's the best way to transition from the rain aid with a loose contact to into contact? Is it a matter of gradually taking up the rain to making sure a brace doesn't re-enter? And what also would you watch for? This is actually a good question, Hermione, on the back of the mule question, because um, um, the answer is going to be re, like a re, it's, it's a rearranging the furniture lesson. Um, so when you're picking up on the reins, um, you pick up on a feel of the horse and that light feel when the bit just starts to like the reins just start to touch on the bit and it just starts to touch on their mouth. And that is the feel that says, are you listening? It could, some people could call that a half halt, whatever you wanted to call it. Um, but it's basically, um, have you let go of anything uh, anything out there? Are you letting go of that? And, and are you ready to listen? And that little bit of feel there, a lot of horses, if you don't pull any further than that, they will wriggle, some will wriggle, some will push, um, some will actually engage with it. So if you pick up that light feel and they start to wriggle and push, they'll push and you just firm to their push. So they're, they're testing the boundary of it. So instead of bringing the boundary to the horse and asking it to back up, for instance, um, you're picking up the feel and they start to search into that boundary and wonder, and wonder about it. So basically they feel the feel. If they push, they push into a boundary. Now that's your choice, how you set the boundary. If you want to make it electric shocks and scare the life out of your horse and put brace in it, will you do that? If you want to make a horse sort of responsible and not want to go there but still realize it's not too scary then you do it like that so so how you set the boundary is is how how frightened the horse might potentially be of the rain so you have to be careful that one so depending on the level of the horse's sensitivity like you know talking about a mule earlier on as um in another podcast was um less sensitivity versus a say an arab horse that might have more sensitivity in certain areas so just pick up the feel if it's a really sensitive horse it's wriggling a lot and super sensitive then just let it kind of find its kind of you know balance in there just wriggling until it just quietens a little and if it pushes a little you just hold firm a little so it pushes and feels that boundary and it loosens a little and then it finally just starts to come and soften up and come backwards um, if it's a horse that you pick up the reins and nothing happens um you might just pick up a little more feel if nothing happens you pick up a little more and the horse searches but when it starts to search don't pull any more because that's just going to make it think forward and back its feet like you're pushing it back like a, a billy car with square wheels kind of thing um 
so you just pick up and you might firm up but the idea is the horse goes i feel that pathway but it finds its own boundaries the boundaries aren't coming towards the horse and then then eventually it kind of softens and figures it out so you basically pick up the feel horse pushes you firm up enough gets a change the horse loosens up steps back a little you, you release and say thank you and you just keep working on that for the really dull 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 horses um then you might add another stimuli now the legs you've got to be a bit careful with so basically you pick up the light feel on the rein so it feels almost if it was a horse that didn't understand it could walk forward you add a little leg pressure and the horse will go oh what's that leg pressure i'm going to go forwards and as it pushes into that feel that you picked up you take a little more feel and say that's a boundary step back so but it's very important in that situation that you take your legs off as soon as the horse starts to move its feet you don't just keep bumping it into the pressure and then what will happen is, is they'll push into the pressure go oh hang on a minute and then they'll release and back up a little and 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 that's how i'd sort of teach them to sort of come come up into that that feel so they start to to find the feel and follow the feel um but the sensitivity of the horse all depends on the boundary so like a heavy horse you can get a little firmer and say that's not available so they don't want to keep going there but you don't want to make it frightening that they actually got to hide from the pressure if you just come in with boundaries all the time and and a lot of horses i meet at clinics have been bumped all the time and jags and bumped and they they are super light in your hands so light that you can't feel them but they're actually so out of balance because all they're trying to do is hide from the bit so you've got to allow them push and and explore that boundary uh, and figure that out themselves, but not be frightened of it. So so it's a it's a, it's, a, it's a fairly careful conversation with sensitive horses, but also not so sensitive horses because if the conversation's not right, they'll become a, a sleepy and very dull to it and carry a lot more brace. But yes, that sort of gives you some ideas. And you know, you're rearranging the furniture, so they test the boundaries and then they find the feel and then they follow it. And Chikara has been doing some trot transitions with her horse and she's noticing that he does become heavy in the reins. She thinks he gets increasingly, um, his worry gets increasingly greater as she's doing them. So she can still stop him, but he is, but he gets heavy. So she's wondering when he gets like this, do you keep doing trot transitions and hope that he can relax into it? Or should she go back to just doing basic stuff that he knows like turns and backups until she can get him soft again? and then ask for another trot transition. I like um, I like your questions to Cara because you're actually thinking about the answers before you ask the question, which is good. It shows you've thought about what you should, should, should be doing and shouldn't be doing or possibly so. I'd, I'd say the second scenario would be a better scenario. And, and, and saying that, I kind of know him and I know if, if, he, if he's going faster than he's processing speed and, and I also know where you're at with him too. So I'm not going to ask you to do something more than, 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 than you're able at this stage to do with him at this stage, I say, as, as you know, cause you don't want to, as you say, in your words, eat dirt, you know, from him spooking out and doing something like that. So, so what I would say is if the, if you did the first scenario, there is a chance that you can, you can travel with that horse until they kind of, relax themselves down a little bit and find their mojo in their, their trot but it's a chance and it's a chance that could go wrong if, if he suddenly gets a little spooky or rushes and you've got to use the reins more because the more you use the reins and not soften him the more he learns to brace on the reins so you want to give him and yourself the best possible chance to 
100 times you pull the reins, 100 times you softens kind of thing instead of 50-50 all the time. So if you thought, because in any arena environment, you know, you let them go and, and if if you let them go on a loose rein, like, you know, when some trainers say, you know, just be a passenger and just let them go, well, some horses can go faster and then they spook out and they get more rattled and then all of a sudden you're back to square one and then, but square one is further behind it used than what it used to be. So scenario two of just let him trot and bring him back is probably a better scenario. So what I would do is I'd, I'd work on, and, you, and you've sort of seen me, and I've, you know, and I'll explain to everyone else that I do a lot in the walk transition. So this, the, the first trot is very soft. So they, they kind of go up and they go, oh, I'm just going to think a soft trot. And they think a soft trot. And then you do that over and over and over. And then basically he thinks a soft trot, but before he gets worried, you just gently intervene. Instead of him getting worried and come back again, that could be a problem. So you you intervene early. You either take him on a turn, slow him down, do another little transition in the walk, some turns, some backups, little things like that, and then find a loose trot again. And before he gets anxious, interrupt his thought. And, and then slowly but surely, you might increase the length of that trotometer every time. And just unbeknownst to him, you're just sneaking him out a bit further and a bit further. And you might find that over time, he might just give you 20 metres, 40 metres, up to 100 metres. But I think because of him, his processing speed gets overloaded all the time because of his past. For everyone else, this horse has had a bit of a history where he's been put under pressure, but he carried so much worry about all the things going around him. He just became very bracy and, you know, spooky and runoff sort of thing. But when you walked up to him, even to catch him and walk down his sides, um, you know, he'd be nervous like you're going to do something bad to him. So he was carrying a rider not only scared of his environment, but also scared of having a rider on him. So Jakar's done a great job. Like last thing, he was so soft on the ground. I'd, I'd never seen him like that, and he was a complete different horse. But so his processing speed now, he's, he's coping with getting saddled, people around him, getting on him, walking him around. But now the next level is trotting him out and processing everything and carrying the rider at the same time. So, so back to you, Jakar, what you're doing is you're grading that exposure in the trot so like grading a road, you put so much soil out and you, you, or, or road base and you grade it out and then the truck dumps some more and you grade it out. So you, you, you put out so much trot, but before he gets worried, you just bring him back to something he's comfortable in and then put out a bit more trot until you can, you can, you can, you know, he puts more trot out without getting anxious. So yeah, that second idea was a better idea, but interrupt him before he gets anxious, opposed to letting him get anxious and then do the transition. Fantastic. Wonderful. Great to hear from you, Mark. Thank you very much for your time once again, and we will talk to you very soon. You can learn more from Mark online through his online training videos. Just search Mark Langley Horsemanship. There's over 380 training videos, which everyone has access to with a seven day free trial. If you like what you see, it's just $15 a month from there. That's help where you need it.